Welcome to Calling It Out, the podcast dedicated to calling out the BS in your head and teaching you how to free yourself from an eating disorder or an eating distress. Throughout this podcast, we'll be looking at the way we think and how it impacts our behaviours. With each episode, we'll be teaching you how you can change your thinking in order to lead a freer life. I'll be your host, Jacqueline Campion. Welcome to season two, episode four, where we are going to explore the juicy topic of anger. Um, Obviously, as many of you know, these kind of the juicier the topic, the more I tend to be quite intrigued and excited by them. But if you are someone who is recovering from emotional distress or eating distress, it's not always something we want to look at. So anger is anger is an energy. It's an emotion. It is. It's a force to be reckoned with, but it often has a very negative connotation attached to it. Um. So I suppose the first question is, why is it so important to look at anger in the area of recovery? So I can often come across a little bit strange when I'm telling people that I love when I see people crying and getting angry um, in sessions, group sessions, because it's such a powerful emotion, but it's something that we're often quite uncomfortable with. Um, And why it's so important to look at anger is that it is a massive um, suppression. A lot of the time I often think even, you know, depression, if you were to look at it as an emotion as opposed to an illness, a lot of the time it can be as a a byproduct of a lot of suppressed anger. Um, And we can often associate the idea of like they're angry people and bad people or we feel like a bad person if we do get angry. So why it's important to look at the area of anger and recovery is that it is a real opportunity to look beyond the surface, get closer to the core of, you know, why the destructive behaviours are, or not why the destructive behaviours are there, but like what, how we can kind of clear out some of those heavier emotions and not kind of hold on to them so we can kind of be melting the destructive behaviours as a result. Because our behaviours, our self-harming behaviours, whatever form that they come in, they're always expressing something and our behaviours are expressing what the soul is suppressing. And anger and resentment and holding on to that um, can be often what's going on underneath. So if we look at anger and we look at transforming our relationship with anger and healing our relationship with anger, it's actually going to end up as a precursor for liberation because anger can really be a catalyst for change. Um, we often kind of feel like we shouldn't be getting angry. And um, I suppose, you know, obviously throughout episodes and throughout the recovery journey, okay, obviously our reactions and actions, we get a lot of information about ourselves. But anger doesn't always mean that there's something wrong with us um, or there's something bad happening. Um, it's a very, very powerful emotion and it can be very, very liberating because one thing is, is that in recovery from emotional distress or eating distress, we tend to hold a lot of anger towards ourselves and towards our bodies. And that's something I'll look at a little bit more um, later on in the episode. But if we actually, what if we actually redirected that anger 
towards even the eat and distress and the condition. We often spend more time being angry at ourselves and our bodies as opposed to actually the real suppressor that is the, the eat and distress and the condition thinking. So if we allow ourselves to kind of ask ourselves a couple of questions like how would you describe your relationship with anger? Are you comfortable with anger? I put this question out onto the Marino Instagram and once again, just thank you so much for the the honesty and the vulnerability and the openness that kind of comes back from these questions. It's just, it really is very inspirational and gives a lot of hope. And it was interesting that it was kind of just over half of the percentage were saying that they weren't comfortable with anger um, and about just under kind of around 45% was coming in. It was quite split down the middle um, with the idea of like not being comfortable with anger or being comfortable with anger. Now, sometimes we can think, and this is where I see even in recovery, my own personal journey and other people's journeys, that sometimes we can think we're very comfortable with anger, but we're actually just more familiar with it. Um, it can be more of our default emotion. So, one thing is about it can still be causing a lot of chaos for us and get us very kind of wound up um, and and frustrated and things like that. But that isn't always necessarily indicating that we're comfortable and welcoming um, of the emotion. Um, so that's just one thing like, are you comfortable with anger? So if it's a yes, again, maybe going deeper with that one. Am I comfortable with it? Am I accepting of it? Am I curious of it? Or is it my is it my default? Is it just something I'm more comfortable? Because one thing that often comes up in sessions is that it's often easier for us to be angry than it is to feel that kind of sense of hurt or vulnerability. So it can be it can be a wonderful band-aid on a on a pothole and it can be our kind of default emotion and as a result not always if you're if you're depending on it in that kind of way if you're using it more as a kind of numbing or an avoidance to go deeper into the kind of hurt or vulnerability um it's it's not going to be the precursor for liberation it's going to keep you stuck in the cycles and that's when we can often end up labeling ourselves and labeling other people as aggressive or angry people but there, we can just be people who are experiencing anger within ourselves and it's nothing to be afraid of. But there is often our own judgments and judgments from the outside um, that anger shouldn't be there because it is very important that in a lot of situations where it's personally or politically, if we're not getting angry about something, it's very challenging to actually have effective and um, maintainable change. On, 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 a on a whole kind of, on a holistic level. Um, so the second question I would encourage you to ask yourself, and with these podcasts, I really would encourage you to actually not just always listening to them passively. You know, that can be helpful and it can be going into the subconscious mind, but actually give yourself the space and time to actually sit and get a pen and paper and write down these questions and give yourself the space to actually respond. So how would you describe your relationship with anger. Um, now, when I put out the question on the Instagram, it was just, 
it was fascinating the 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 responses that I had gotten so I just want to go through a couple of the um, descriptions that people had come back with and see if it's something that you could relate to and that's the beauty of that kind of sense of group work and the sharing that we're all you don't need to be recovered in order to inspire someone else's recovery and discovery and really allow yourself to value what you are sharing whether it's with other people friends family group situations sharing on the Instagram your own kind of personal experience it really does ignite and encourage and inspire more change so really value what you are sharing and because so many people can be learning from it so some of the words that were coming back and they were pretty pretty kind of heavy words very kind of red kind of words so you're thinking like there was a lot coming back about kind of hurt hate complicated protective familiar guilt fear um, the connection to out of control, f- um, not kind of untrustworthy, imperfect, feeling now or uh, narrow minded, feeling that it's kind of used as an avoidance tool. It's uncomfortable. It's erratic. It's hindering. It's destructive. It's explosive. It's uncomfortable. There was so many you know, it's really fascinating. I really encourage you, like what words kind of come to mind for, for you when you're thinking about how you describe your relationship with anger? Because it's just information. And the more we're allowing ourselves to explore this, then we can kind of be moving forward to kind of healing it. So one thing about um, recovery is that like with every area of your life, it's going to be healing. So it was really interesting when I put out the question of like, how have you noticed, you know, how our relationship with anger actually shifts throughout the recovery process and learning more about who you are and your more kind of a deeper knowledge of who we are and understanding of our emotions. The the difference that kind of came from that was, you know, there's a real sense like when we are recovering, a lot of the time we're either suppressing the anger or we actually are just communic. It's our, it's our kind of default communication tool. Um, so we do really experience quite a lot of change and a lot of words that were kind of coming back when I had put that question out about people. Everybody had there was literally over 90% saying yes it has changed their relationship with anger has changed through the recovery journey and words in terms of even kind of like letting go of judgment accepting it you know the ability to release it um, in healthy environments in, an, in a healthy way practicing more understanding patience and, and a huge one was really kind of the idea that realizing it's okay to be angry because as soon as we allow ourselves to acknowledge it legalize it then we can get curious about it we're noticing the words that are coming up and if if we have those kind of words like hate hurt fear uncontrollable that is often um that's a kind of interesting starting point to kind of say okay well what are my belief systems even about anger that are that are bringing up such kind of heavy words when I think about it because as I mentioned earlier on anger can be a catalyst for change and it can be liberating especially in the area of eating distress and emotional distress. So one thing is a little bit of understanding about anger. And when you're recovering from an eating distress, there can be, as I said, there's, it's for want of more psychological jargon. Um, people can call them temper tantrums. I would call them condition strops. So a condition strop is pretty much when you look like um, a Kim Kardashian crying meme going around the internet where you are 
it can happen very quickly. You can like just go straight into it and come out of it quite quickly as well. There's a difference of kind of anger and kind of tears from the condition and and anger and tears coming from a place of freedom. So the difference with those, and I really would encourage you to watch out for these because it's actually fascinating and to a point where it actually gets a little bit kind of humorous when you start noticing yourself um, just little things when you kind of feel like things are like you can get really kind of angry and frustrated when you're experiencing a sense of like it's not fair or it's you know it, it, let's say if people around you on your team or your family are, are, are trying to maybe encourage you to kind of look after yourself or protect yourself or to put boundaries in place and it's sometimes like a switch just goes and um, I mean I'll save you a full performance of it here but it's really just if you know you know and it's that idea where you just kind of the waterworks come out it's you see complete red and it's just a full on you want to just throw yourself on the ground and just full on conditions drop. So we don't need to have a lot of compassion for those kind of conditions drops because that's the that's the that's the not good enough. That's when you're feeling you, when you feel very powerless in a situation, you will just want to like metaphorically or quite literally throw yourself on the floor and just start kind of stamping things. Um, now, look, you're absolutely entitled to do things like that. It's just more about how much change um, you're going to experience as a result of it. So do watch out for the little condition drops and the little tantrums and start calling them out a little bit. And if you are someone who is caring for someone somebody who is recovering definitely just kind of um, fine tune your awareness to the difference between conditioned tears and conditioned kind of anger and actually the difference between releasing because when you're going into those kind of condition straps as I call them nothing is getting released the language and the, that is going to be going around in your mind the thinking that's going to be going on in your mind to create such a reaction internally is going to have that sense of just stuck imprisonment and that's where we can just really see red and some of us will either really internalize that and some of us will go very external with that so that kind of anger when it's quite like that it's like it's not fair and can't and you feel like so for me personally that's where I would have had my most intensive kind kind of for want of a better word than urges but that's where I would have wanted to practice a lot of you know self-harm and that's where like I would have used a lot of my behaviors to try come away from that because it can feel very overwhelming but just really to bring your awareness to that um, and just tuning into the kind of language the difference of when you're kind of free or you're kind of practicing a more let's say constructive release of anger it's going to be a much more sense of like surrendering and just letting go and even just kind of you're you're, you're separate you're, you're creating space between yourself and your reaction Um, it's like s plus or equals e so stimulus plus reaction equals experience so the difference of when you're freeing yourself is you feel more powerful when you're allowing yourself to kind of make that choice to surrender and release what's coming up for you there's you're letting go of that judgment you're welcoming the anger we're not seeing it as something bad because that's one thing about even like what we've maybe conditioned to be like to believe about anger that maybe we have been experienced everybody maybe communicated through anger and you might have been familiar with a lot of kind of shouting or aggression um, in your environments or the opposite where nobody ever got angry nobody ever kind of expressed maybe the, the sense of anger and it was seen to be maybe something that is just not really um it's just not really 
let's say, accepted or even welcomed. So that can actually cause a lot of destruction as well, because sometimes we almost, if you try and hold yourself, if you're trying to, again, hold back from that emotion and, 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 and numb it, there's going to be a lot of um, negative byproducts from that. And that's, again, another thing of why it's so important to look at it in the area of recovery, because if you're suppressing certain emotions, especially one like anger, it's a very, very acidic emotion if you suppress it. So you could be developing a, a lot of psychosomatic symptoms as a result of a lot of that um, suppression and we're often not making the connection between experience and a lot of discomfort and pain and dysfunction in our body and the suppressed emotion because the mind does influence the biology and um, the same way your biology influences the mind so they're not isolated so definitely getting curious about you know are we comfortable with it how would we describe our relationship with it because there are so many benefits of healing the relationship with anger which I'll go into a little bit more later on. It's really important to look at the different types of anger um, so we can be more familiar and often condemning to the more kind of sense of labeling people like aggressive um, and through your kind of experience with eating distress and emotional distress you might see yourself kind of bounce from one type of anger to the other so you've got so I really would encourage you to look at the kind of sense of like that nice versus aggressive. So super nice all the time to everyone and really quite aggressive and kind of going around barking like a Jack Russell a little bit of everybody. They are two sides of the same coin. So nice can be a lot more celebrated and encouraged in society these days. But you got to watch out from personal experiences um, as someone who tried to be really nice for for quite some time. You need to watch out for those ones because we are just one little switch from absolutely blowing a fuse and you just don't know where that's going to happen. So if you know any nice people or you're the nice person, um, I'd really encourage you to, to look at that as soon as possible to save yourself from any um, explosions. Um, and also just a little bit of maybe just bringing awareness to kind of people that you just think are so nice and so lovely. Throughout my recovery, I would have loved to be called someone nice, but now I actually kind of see it as quite, quite insulting because... Um, when I went through my little nice stage, I definitely wouldn't be somebody um, that would have been quite trustworthy because nice is a very manipulative, passive style of aggression. Um, from personal experience, when I was being really nice, I was pretty much just trying to win the room. And I was trying to win the room because I just didn't feel good enough. So it's a pretty, it's a spicy little one to be looking at. So I'd encourage you to be curious about it because we tend to be like more going to, the, oh God, that was quite aggressive or that person's quite aggressive. They're two sides of the same coin. Um, and they are as a result of suppressed anger. OK, so watch the judgment of yourself or other people if you're labeling them um, you know, because when we're labeling and judging the kind of, you know, people or ourselves with maybe that kind of anger within them, it really actually eliminates the possibility to understand one another and have compassion for one another and understand the pain and hurt that actually is going on underneath for somebody who is experiencing that kind of more aggressive tonality or behavior um, 
or like I mean to put it quite simply if you see someone walking down the road and you're, they're throwing a load of shapes it's just pretty much someone that is very hurt internally um, and we can sometimes be very resistant um, it can often bring up a lot of kind of red even with us we don't always like it we can either be intimidated by it or it will bring up that other side you're either going to make yourself very small and um, when you're maybe met with that kind of sense of aggression or you're going to actually kind of like almost metaphorically kind of puff yourself up that you want to kind of almost rise to it and um, that you want to you almost want to let's say you kind of want to dominate do you know so it's interesting to watch our own kind of responses um, and also nice people do you know nice people are great when you're somebody who's not good enough either because they um they can make us feel sometimes more powerful as well and we can sometimes it, as I said oh scrap that that doesn't actually make any sense but yeah just look out for the idea of nice versus aggressive for yourself personally and for other people because there's as I said watching out for that kind of passive aggressive um nature um that's the kind of passive aggression is one of those things where you kind of come away from a situation and you can sometimes have a kind of sick feeling in your stomach and you can't you can't really put your finger on like what has happened there um, and that can be really happening around us at the moment where you can't have you don't really have that sense or you find a challenge and have that sense of like what exactly it is because it's kind of like all it's coming up in a lot of hidden areas and especially in today's kind of environment and the, our current challenges there's so much we don't always not everybody's always very aware or kind of open to acknowledging their kind of anger so many of us are actually just carrying it around and you can be meeting people and in the company of people and in the environment and there is these levels of suppressed anger and some of us are much more hypersensitive and um, so you're, you're going to be experiencing that and, and it's going to be getting in on a deeper level if we're not checking in on that and getting more kind of curious and coming into the body and just watching out for the lingo. So passive aggression um, in your environments, in your company, even with yourself, you know, you could like you could be someone who is past, you know, that that kind of sharp sarcasm um, with the intent to kind of cut through something. And that's one thing about super sensitivity. It can be really like it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, it can be like a magic. But if it's hijacked by fear and not good enough syndrome, it can be quite a um, can be quite a dark black magic. You know, so when you're super sensitive, you don't feel good. of You pretty you, you know how to take someone down quite quickly. You don't just do it to yourself. Um. So just watching out for that kind of sense of passive aggression or because, you know, when you're in the home or you're in your relationships or you're in, you're in work, you can use that energy to actually just try and manipulate, you can manipulate people, manipulate situations. Um, and we try to manipulate when we actually are deficient of assertiveness and we aren't practicing the ability to directly ask or communicate for something so anger will if it's hijacked by fear and not good enough syndrome it is extremely manipulative um so just watch out for the language there and um, can't have to should you know you'll notice a lot of sometimes victim mode there or you've got the other side where you're as i said that kind of pass or the that kind of more aggressive kind of um channeling of it and that sense of dominance and um, the condition a lot of the time it will it will try and control kind of people and environments and things like that. So just watch out for your environments. Watch out to what you're listening. You know, li- tune into what you're reading. You know, the, the, the media that you consume. Watch out if it's something that encourages you to be educated and to learn and to ask questions 
Or is it actually media that is giving you statements that wants you to believe something and do something? Um, For me personally, I mean, I would never encourage anybody to ask me any questions about anything because, you know, if people start asking questions, it kind of tends to rock the boat. So whether it's on social media or, you know, the publications that you're subscribed to, wherever you're getting your information, um, do get curious about the language that is used. Um, It's it's really fascinating to kind of really learn and uncover what the agenda is, um, both on a personal level and, and on a social level as well. So how do we learn to have a healthier relationship um, with anger and and our anger? So to put it really simple, legalizing it. Sometimes we don't even realize how judgmental we are of anger and we can sometimes feel like, I don't know why I'm so angry or I don't know why I'm feeling this kind of, I don't know why, I don't know why. So asking why is like digging the roots of a plant that isn't growing how you want it to and expecting it to actually help the plant. I mean, it can, as I said, it can be fantastic for the researcher and their ego. But if you want, if you want more helpful results, it's more about I wonder. Um, And every time you're noticing yourself saying, I don't know. So just, you know, changing it to the I wonder. So how to have a healthier relationship with anger is just even starting from today. It is going to be what we've been speaking about before in previous episodes. Just first of all, slowing down. It's going to be very challenging to actually tune into your body to become more aware of when you feel that little volcano just starting to bubble up a little bit. You're not going to be able to actually check in with that if you are busying around from one thing to the other and from going from one task to the other task. And so really just kind of slow down and you know even allowing ourselves just to stop sit but even as you're going about your you know your daily kind of er errands and routines just really just practicing just more slowing down while you're actually um doing those things so there's the space to even kind of sense okay I'm noticing that coming up for me like so when you're driving so obviously (laughs) road rage is um that's where a lot of people just kind of bring out. You learn a lot about yourself when you're on the road and you're either going to be somebody who is blocking traffic because you want to let everybody out because, you know, you just you want to be nice. Um, but that's not always very helpful from personal experiences. Or you're somewhere where you just like you feel like just throwing your two fingers up to everybody in the road and you start calling them names here or there. If you are using the road and the car as a as an as a outage kind of for your for your anger, I would encourage you to maybe look at that. Um, we can sometimes legalize that and be like, oh, it's just a bit of road rage. Yeah, like it's not. Um, there's there's definitely some stuff going on there. So do watch about kind of like um, what would you say how how you are kind of verbally um in the car and things like that. So like how how we have a healthier relationship with anger is just not being afraid to just kind of tune into it and just kind of getting curious about where it's coming up. Whether you're getting frustrated when like oh my god why is that person in front of me walking so slow? You know like what what are they doing? Why are they pulling out of me here? Like why what's going? We can get really like little quite frustrated very quickly. Um so if if you're not slowing down and and acknowledging the little kind of bubble 
bubbles of anger or frustration are coming up you don't know when there's going to be like it's going to be like a cigarette to a petrol station and it's just going to blow so one thing is about in a, in a long-term area of kind of anger just tuning into that now when you're recovering from eating distress you're going to be body mind disconnected for quite some time so like it is very important to be actually nurturing your body um, as well as your mind and um, because if your body mind is connected you're just gonna you're gonna regularly have these kind of suppressions of anger or or explosions so really just kind of like acknowledging it and then allowing ourselves to accept it you know letting go of that judgment that we mightn't even been aware that was there that like I don't know why I shouldn't be angry and it's not fair. I shouldn't be angry at people. I shouldn't be angry at myself. Um, you know, or if you're on the receiving end of someone else's anger. So one thing that I didn't maybe mention earlier on was that idea of blame that we, we, we tend to often use blame and that can be quite connected to the area of anger. So blame is transferring your pain onto something or someone else. And um, that's why road rage can be fantastic because, you know, if it's, it tends to be everyone else's fault um, and you have all the answers of exactly what they should be doing with themselves and their life in that moment of time and um, which is the fabulous arrogance of conditioned thinking but really to have a healthier relationship with anger is going to be that the boundaries you know so it's if, if you don't allow yourself to acknowledge something you're going to be more likely to suppress it and um, if it's coming out in very kind of um aggressive um explosions you know that is breaking a boundary that is crossing a boundary that is going to be disrespect to you your, you know and, and the environment that you're in and the people in it so if you're someone who is caring for someone who is recovering from eating distress it's very important um, to actually place those boundaries of kind of respect and um, not to be afraid of the condition and actually kind of putting a stop sign there because how to deal with anger like there's certain things like yes you know you can you can breathe you can come into the body you can you know you can take out hand creams or or, or scented cue cards or something that's going to actually bring you into your senses we sometimes put on music to kind of help us see music is going to be activating the left and the right side of the brain so that's why it can be so powerful because it's often kind of expressing emotions that we don't have the words for yet so even having those playlists and actually having it there that like you can go to that that the music that kind of the style of music that helps support you when you're experiencing that anger counting to 10 fabulous you know great wonderful but these are all short term these are short term kind of coping mechanisms so yes do stop slow down simple thinking matching matching it with a deep breath having maybe music there something to actually physically do like even just with your hands even that's why you know kinesthetically connecting with a stress ball like these are very simple things but if you are in the process of learning to melt and heal the relationship um heal the relationship with anger do carry these things around you hand cream so you connect with your senses a stress ball a playlist knitting you know, I wouldn't obviously recommend it in the car, but like, you know, cer certain things that you can actually have there to just give yourself space and time and expressing that. Like if you are in an environment, if you are, you know, in your relationships, express that kind of say, look, I just give me a minute. Do you know, like I just need a minute. That, so you're actually physically and verbally asking for that space. And that's a boundary. Um, so that's really going to help protect you. So, yes, counting to 10, 
fantastic but we want to also look at a little bit deeper so we're slowing down checking in with the body looking at the language journaling uh, journaling about what came up for us um, at certain kind of times where we were noticing a lot of kind of anger come up for us um, and getting fascinated by it allowing ourselves to get fascinated by it um, obviously in the long term I mentioned it before in last week's episode in the area of anger and blame you know writing letters um, writing writing letters we don't have to give them to anybody but even writing a letter to the people and the places that you are angry with and just allow yourself to just kind of even give yourself a voice um, and then as a result a choice on how you respond because how we respond is going to actually if you can't change the stimulus, how we respond to it is going to be changing our experience and reminding yourself that we do have choices. So the more that you're slowing down and coming into the body and legalizing, just kind of regularly letting those kind of bits of anger and frustration come up, we don't have big explosions. So our experiences can be much kind of lighter and brighter and then you're never going to need self-harm and behaviors to, to, to numb it out. One thing is dealing with our anger, but how do we deal with other people's anger? Um, As I mentioned a little bit earlier on, you're either going, I want you to get curious about whether you make yourself very small or feel very small or whether you have any fears around people's other people's anger whether they're angry around you or a sense that they're angry at you what comes up for you when you're met with anger um are there any fears even physically what comes up for you when you're around somebody else's anger um or you're sensing anger so I'd really encourage you to actually kind of journal about that what comes up for me when I'm maybe sensing someone else's anger um do I am I blaming myself do I feel like it's my fault do I start getting quite paranoid about what did I do Um, so this gives us information that we're going to become very passive in that situation and that's going to be a slippery slope because you're going to end up if you're going to be quite passive in a situation like that you're going to get all nice you're going to suppress all that anger and then it's going to come out in a volcano somewhere um, and you're not going to know when or how big that volcano is going to go. So just tuning in with that because other people's anger, especially when there's a not good enough syndrome, you could be the opposite, actually. You could be the opposite where maybe you notice someone else's anger and you start growling yourself that you are like you have not only do you feel like you want to match this person's aggression but you want to exceed it so this can sometimes happen in arguments you can see even if you can if you ever see any kind of arguments or fights in, on the street or anything like that you'll notice see you'll notice that sometimes people will actually physically make themselves bigger that they'll literally start kind of trying to dominate the other person so they'll either use their body language to appear more dominant because they want to appear more powerful and you only ever want to appear more powerful when you feel powerless okay just check in with that if you want to think if you want people to think something of you just I mean save yourself the time and just practice and how you can think that about yourself and so do and again, if you notice that other person's aggression, we have to stop taking it so personally. Someone else's anger, there's much more going on. This stuff doesn't just happen just from one thing. There is other things going on there, their own personal experiences, 
So as I've mentioned before, when something is leaving someone else's mouth, it says more about them than the other person. So it's about reminding yourself, create that space of like, okay, do I feel, do I feel like I want to be louder? I want to be heard. I want to come across stronger because if you're dependent on things like that, it's not going to be a precursor for liberation. It's not going to help any effective change. If you just want to win and you want to come across more dominant, or you feel like the opposite where you're like losing all the time and, you know, you're just so small. No one ever listens to me um, and things like that. Really become aware of that and start checking in with if I felt good enough, if I felt powerful as opposed to powerless in this situation, how would I like to see myself respond? The world would be a much simpler place socially and politically if we had higher levels of self-esteem and we weren't all so eager to, um, you know, be the best and have the best ideas. We'd be more likely to come together and have some sort of kind of um, resolution there. So do get curious about like your what comes up for you with other people's anger, because it's going to give you a lot of information with your own self sense of self-worth and value and. Um, and that's it. Do you even allow yourself to? Are you able to walk away from a situation like that when maybe someone is looking for a fight? When you're in condition and when you don't feel good enough, you will look for arguments. You'll either run from them and you don't want to talk about it or you'll look for a fight because that's where we there's so much of this kind of energy. It's the only way we know how to kind of um, try and release that. OK, so are you looking for an argument or do you value yourself enough and your own protection and your own self-respect that if someone is bringing you toxic aggression that has the language that is not looking for change and resolution, do you allow yourself to walk away? Um, another topic that is definitely very important is just to kind of touch on the area of the anger that we have towards ourselves and the anger that we have towards our body. And this really comes back to the idea of, for me personally, in my own journey, the anger I had towards myself would have really been a lot of a kind of precursor to all the self-harming behaviours. Um, I don't really want to describe too much, but it can kind of sound a little bit harsh, but you're just so, you feel so suppressed that you just want to, you know, you, you're, it's your default to take out that kind of energy somewhere else. And this is the thing about even like, OK, the anger we have towards ourselves, that language, that expectation, that kind of when you sometimes you, you kind of feel like you, you hate yourself or personally, you know, it's it's much more challenging for me to maybe kind of be admitting to the idea of like where I've actually expressed where I've hated people. And I mean, the word hate for me is even quite challenging to verbalize now. But when you are so in your head and you've so much conditioned thinking, the word hate is much easier to actually um, say. So when you feel like you hate your body or you hate yourself or you hate a person, this is, as I said, it's, it can be easier to say things like that than to look at that kind of hurt and that kind of sometimes we feel like we're not we're not obviously I've mentioned I mentioned regularly that we're not we're actively rejecting ourselves really you know we can be rejecting people we can be rejecting we're rejecting our body and rejecting parts of ourselves and that is probably one of the highest forms of self-harm and the what I would encourage when you're noticing that sense of like bringing even just to verbalize the word acceptance 
what if I allowed myself to accept my body today, accepting it where it is, accepting myself where I am in order to be able to practice any sort of effective change and progression. So fair play to you if you've gotten to the end of this episode because you could have ran a mile there um, after the first question. You could have ran a mile actually just by seeing the um, the title. So all credit to you. So just to summarise basically what what we're talking about here, we being me to somebody out there who hopefully is listening. Um, with anger, look, I'm not reinventing the wheel here and I'm not necessarily saying anything new, but just... Getting curious about really looking at it. And, you know, there was one thing I heard, like I saw a lot of people going around, like anger management. Like that just sounds like a nightmare. That sounds like people, again, telling you you just need to manage your ED. Like you just have to manage your anxiety. Like that's, that's a nightmare. Like if you're going to subscribe to a lifetime of managing this kind of stuff. It's like trying to, you know, go out there and try and stop the waves from coming in. Um... And if you do allow yourself to just kind of explore a little bit kind of deeper and get in that curious and, you know, do tune in to maybe when you feel like you're getting really angry and frustrated with yourself and other people. Ask yourself those questions like, am I comfortable with anger as an emotion? Am I actually comfortable? You know, I'm not saying you like, oh, I'm mad for anger, love it. Do you know, as I said, like that's if, if you are saying yes to that, I would encourage you to to definitely explore that. But really just asking those questions, you know, OK, am I afraid of anger? I think so many of us are afraid of it um, or we communicate with it because we're afraid. We can be afraid, you know, sometimes yeah, I'd be afraid what I do or I'd be afraid of what they'd do. Like. This is a thing where it's that kind of intrinsic fear that we almost justify where like we're afraid of ourselves or we're afraid of one another based on the judgment and the labeling. Um, because at the end of the day, like, are we allowing ourselves to understand our anger, understand other people's anger? You know, we're, if we allow ourselves to be open and curious with ourselves and other people, you have compassion. You know, and one thing is about even with with that kind of anger, like there can be it can be quite a almost like a a grieving process. You know, one thing is that like. It's built up for a long time, like we've been using our behaviors for expression for a long time, so it does take a little bit of time. But if you practice that curiosity, that willingness to learn about yourself um, and your emotions, it will get easier it will melt and as a, when, when you're fully free when you do feel good enough when you do feel value and worth of course you're still going to experience anger it is and can be a catalyst for change but where are we directing that energy are we using it to protect ourselves to heal ourselves or to harm ourselves <laughs> <laughs>